Welcome everyone, I'm Joel Van Hoogen, and this is The Bread of Life. This is a program of the International Disciple-Making Ministry Church Partnership Evangelism. You can go to traincpe.org to learn more about our work in over 40 countries. You can also find us through links at breadoflifeboise.org, where you'll learn about our local missions fellowship. The Bible reveals to us that it is God's will that we be holy. The next thing the Bible does is it shows us that the opposite of holiness is to live in sin. It reveals that sin to us in a number of ways. First, it defines it. It calls it lawlessness or fault or crookedness or rebellion. In fact, there are 25 different words that the Bible uses to define for us what sin is. Second, it declares to us our state and nature in that sin. It says that we are dead in trespasses and sin. Third, it names specific sins. You can find Paul cataloging a number of different sins in Romans and in 1 Corinthians and Galatians and Ephesians and Colossians and in 2 Timothy and in other passages in the New Testament as well and Old. Fourth, it declares to us the consequences of sin. It tells us that upon these comes the wrath of God. Fifth, it shows us how sin and the cross intersect. It tells us that our sins put Jesus on the cross, and at that cross, our Lord Jesus Christ bore the punishment for that sin. Sixth, it reveals to us sin by telling us the kind of life we ought to live. It lays out to us the good news of the life God intends for us, revealing to us the bad news of the life that we've missed. This is the map that we follow that actually leads us into holiness. For having instructed us in our sins, God then faithfully shows us the remedy in Jesus Christ, His blood shed for us, His life given to us. Sin, it's a reprover that convicts me of sin. It's a mirror that helps me to alert me to sin. It's a surgical sword that cuts it away in my life, but it addresses these things, and still, you and I sin. We do things that are wrong. We do it every day. And what happens when we do that? Well, it directs us, this map directs us to a well where we can go, where we can have those sins washed away every day in order that we continue to maintain a holy life. I had an old pastor used to call this verse, the Christian's bar of soap. It's 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful, he is just, to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Who doesn't desire and long to be clean, to be right before God? Whenever we fall on a landmine of sin, who doesn't want to be washed away from its defilement? John 2, 1 says, Little children, I write to you that you sin not, but, and I'm glad for that but, but if you do sin, if, he was being gracious, you have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He'll intercede for you. And he has provided his own life to wash you and cleanse you from your sins. What about the dust that gathers on me? You know, even when I don't sin, just living in this world, there is a dust that accumulates, the road dust, the grit, the grime from the day. How do I get rid of it? Well, Jesus says in Ephesians 1.26 that he cleanses us by the washing of water through the word of God. And one of the reasons it's a good idea to read the Bible every day is because the Bible flows over us like water. It washes away the accumulation of grit and dirt from the grime of this world that we live in, that accumulation that we're not always even aware of. 
It washes it and removes it and takes us away. You know, the truth is, is that we might not sin, but our lives are kind of like our television sets with that electricity that draws to it the accumulation of the dirt that floats around in the environment around it. And Jesus is willing through the Word to daily wash us, just through the reading of it, just as it pours and trickles and flows over our lives. And the destination of this map is this. God wants to lead us into a holy relationship with God so that we may know Him and that we may enjoy Him more and more intimately every day. That's why God desires it, the blessing of His holy life in us. Now, the third point is simply this. If this is true, if God has called me to be holy, and God has commanded me to be holy, and God has provided a map to chart me through this world so that I might know where to go in order to live a holy life, then it seems to me that it is vital and important for me to be reading and studying this map in order that I might enjoy a deepening relationship with Him. I want you to write down the next four or five things I'm going to say, because I just want to share with you some very practical ways that you can begin to read the Word of God every day, and how you can take this Word and begin to study it, and I want to encourage you in it, so that you can use this as a map, resourced by God, interpreted by His Holy Spirit, to guide you and direct you in your life of holiness, in a life of deepening relationship with God and with His Son through the Spirit. The first one is this. How do I use this Word of God on a regular basis? The first one is this. Go one insight at a time. Go one lesson at a time. There is the statement that's been said, it's a cinch by the inch, but it's hard by the yard. And God's plan for us when we read the Word is to go one inch at a time. Just read it, and don't worry about what you don't understand. Don't worry about what you don't get. Concern yourself with the promise or the understanding of what you do understand, what you do get. God does not pour it all in your lap all at once. Don't expect Him to do it. Don't concern yourself with what you don't understand when you read the Bible. Just pay attention to what it is you do understand. That's been good advice. You know, I don't worry about what I don't understand anymore. The funny thing is, is the more I read and as God over a period of time goes on, I've begun to understand more and more and more of it. But there's still a lot of it that I don't get. Man, I don't get a lot of Ezekiel. I don't get a lot of those long sentences that Paul says in Colossians or in Corinthians. But I don't worry about what I don't understand. And go by the one insight at a time, one lesson at a time. And you'll save yourself a lot of frustration. The second one is this. Remember when you read the Bible that this was written, this Bible was meant to be heard, not read. In other words, it wasn't until the Gutenberg Press was printed that people started getting access to the written word on a large scale, and even longer after that. And prior to that, if people wanted to hear the Bible, they would go every day, which they did, to their church or a location where every day somebody would be, have their scroll or their copy of the Bible and they would read it. And the people would sit underneath the reading of this word and they would hear it. Now there's a difference. The reason is this. When I read something, oftentimes I read it on a casual basis. I read it when I have opportunity. When I read it, I take it under my control. I take it under advisement, you might say. But the Word of God was not simply something that we were to pick up and read at our own discretion. It was something where the authority was to be from the speaker, not the reader. The authority was come from the one who was speaking His Word, and God is speaking through the Word. And when you read the Bible, you need to understand that this is not simply you just filling up your five minutes of Bible reading time. This is not simply you adding your Bible reading time to your newspaper reading time and the novel that you're reading. But this is a time where you stop, and as you read... You listen to God speaking. 
Because this was meant to be the authoritative voice of God being heard. Do you know in Revelation, seven times at the end of the letters that were written to the churches, the letters end, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. So if you want to read the Bible, first go one lesson at a time and listen for the lesson God wants to teach you. Okay? The third thing is this. Don't be afraid to saturate yourself in the Word. Oftentimes we get disappointed, and particularly this happens with people who are new Christians, because they begin to read the Bible and it's so much and they just don't get it. It passes them all by and there's too much information for them to hold all of it. I mean, in some little verses that Paul writes, there's so much information that you find yourself reading it over and over and over again, trying to make sure that you understand what he's saying. I did that this week. God wants you to saturate yourself with the Word of God. How does a baby learn the English language? First, it hears sounds in its mother's womb. And then after it's born, it's able to begin to distinguish the direction which sounds come from. And you'll see it's turn its head at different claps. And then after that, it begins to recognize when the sound is addressed towards them personally and directly. And then eventually, it begins to pick up the sounds and it is able to reflect those sounds and the goo-goo and gurgoo. And then after it does that for a while, it's able to separate those sounds into words. And it says no, and it says dada, and it says mama. And it begins to form words. And then it begins to put together sentences, and it says its first whole sentence. But that's how you get your language. You slowly get it. But how did they get that language? How did a child learn all that language? How did it happen? They were surrounded by that language. They were saturated with the sounds in the home. They were in a home where brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers were constantly conversing with one another and standing before them and talking to them and speaking to that little baby because that baby needs to be saturated in the sounds of English or whatever language it is in order they can learn that language and then eventually become proficient in it. Now look, if for no other reason than this, you ought to every day allow yourself to be saturated in the Word of God in order that you would become familiar with the sounds in order that over a period of time God would allow that word to, words to separate in forms and truth to come to the front in your life so that you're saturated with its language. Don't be frustrated if you don't understand everything, if you don't get everything. God just wants you to begin to let yourself be saturated in His language of life. And by His Holy Spirit, slowly, He'll work in your life to shape those words and to give you understanding and to help you to understand it. It's all right if it's a little too high. Eventually, you'll get it. Listen and let God instruct you. The fourth one is this. It really would be the fourth and fifth, and that is, I would suggest that you begin to, as you read it, as God teaches you that one lesson, relate to it on a personal basis. Stop after you've read it and pray through what it is that God has taught you. I would even suggest that you begin to journal. Write down things that God has taught you. Maybe the verse that you learned, write it out, and then begin to say, what does that mean to me? What is God speaking in? What is God trying to teach me? And begin to journal. The great thing about it is, is you'll be able to go back and read through your journal. And you'll read wonderful things where you'll show that God has really given you a lot of progress in the area of your lives. And then you'll see other things where you'll see that God is doing a continuous work because the very thing you were concerned about three and four years ago is still the thing you're struggling with now. And since God has been patient with you for those last four years, you can be patient with yourself, but know that God is still working and wanting to work in your life. The final thing I would say is this. Donald Gray Barnhouse says, make sure you have the right disposition when you're reading your Bible. Be a traveler and not a tripper. 
A traveler is somebody who goes somewhere and knows where they're going and takes time to enjoy it. A tripper is somebody who rushes through like a tourist, taking a few quick pictures and builds their memory. A traveler is somebody who goes to Rome and remembers that they saw a great Colosseum and they saw the Colosseum where the Christians were fed to the lions. A tripper is somebody who goes to Rome and comes back and remembers that they had funny little cars and the people spoke with funny little accents. In other words, go and take your time and, and enjoy the traveling through the Word of God. Let me advise you not to cram your Bible reading into five minutes in the morning, not to try to just slide it in somewhere, but as you read it, don't read too much then. Just read enough so that you can be traveling through the Word and not simply tripping through it. So you can be someone who is enjoying its beauty and not simply being a tourist. God knows that in the life of every single individual, there is a desire to have more. There is a hunger for more. God knows that deep within us, by His Holy Spirit, He's put within us a thirst and a longing. Even those people who don't know Jesus Christ as Savior will find moments when their life seems empty and they're looking to be filled, and they find and they discover they cannot fill it with anything that they have or possess or know. God knows that what you're looking for is His life. His life poured into our lives to enable us and empower us to live a holy life and deep relationship with Him. God knows it. And because God knows it, God has done everything He can to help us and to outfit us and prepare us to be filled with this life. Thanks for joining us today. To learn more about the Bread of Life ministry, go to breadoflifeboise.org. There you can also contact us with requests for this or other messages. Please join us in our next broadcast. Until then, may God bless you.